Welcome to episode four of TASA's Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm Eric Simpson, and today we'll look at the state's newest guidance on graduation ceremonies, hear how a few districts across the state are planning unique celebrations for their 2020 seniors, and we're going to visit with Kiara Mascareñas, co-author of The New Team Habits. But first, here's Kevin Brown. Hello, my friends. I hope you're doing well. Uh, this is a time of year when we're usually uh, getting ready for graduation, which is such a time-honored tradition. Uh, it's such an important event for the culmination of our students' 13 years in public education. It's a big event for their families to come together for the teachers to celebrate their students. And yet we're in the midst of this very difficult time and trying to figure out how we hold graduation in a way that's both meaningful and safe. Uh, we know that the governor's come out with some guidelines for people, and we also know that expectations in our communities are high. We hope that this podcast will help inform you when you're making your decision at your local school district on how you can best do both of those things, a meaningful graduation for your students, but in a safe manner, uh, as safe as possible for your community. Good luck. We hope this helps, and let us know if we can be of further assistance in any way. God bless you. Take care. This week's episode is brought to you by the RTI Center for Education Services. RTI partners with educators to promote thriving learning environments that facilitate success for all students. From the classroom to the boardroom, their work focuses on four areas that are levers for change in education, strengthening instruction, developing leaders, improving organizational operations, and facilitating collaborative networks. Contact RTI for more information and visit their website, www.rti.org. On Tuesday, May 5th, Governor Greg Abbott held a press conference to discuss the next phase of opening the Texas economy. Commissioner Mike Morath joined him to deliver some guidance from the state regarding graduation ceremonies. Completely virtual ceremonies or hybrid ceremonies, which consist of a compilation of videos or students being recognized in person, may be held anytime after May 5th. Vehicle ceremonies, in which students and their families wait in cars while other graduates are recognized one at a time with their families alongside them, may be anytime May 15th or after. An outdoor ceremony may take place in a rural county that has an attestation as described in the governor's report to Open Texas that remains in effect seven days prior to their ceremony. Outdoor ceremonies for any county can be held on or after May 29th. The full document with the description of these ceremonies, as well as social distancing guidance, can be found on the TA website, and we'll post a link in the episode description. We spoke with three districts to find out how their graduation ceremonies are honoring the hard work of the class of 2020 while keeping them and their families safe. We'll hear from three superintendents today, Mike Kurt from Wichita Falls ISD, Michelle Carroll-Smith from Lytle ISD, and Jamie Wilson from Denton ISD. So um, one of my college daughters happens to be a United States Air Force Academy cadet. And, um, and so that they're at home learning now. Um, and so they, they were all sent home because they kept the seniors. And they kept the seniors to keep them safe because the Air Force is expecting to have almost 1,000 second lieutenants um, at the end of April. Or, or, or that, then it was the end of May, but it ended up being the end of April. And, uh, um, and they wanted to keep them safe. So they really practiced some pretty stringent social distancing deals. And so, yeah, we, we watched that graduation because she knew a lot of the cadets graduating. And, and so we wanted to I watched that and went, hey, why can't we do that? Um, there shouldn't be a reason we can't. And so we have a um, 14,000 student district and we have about a thousand graduating seniors. 
and we have a 14,000 seat stadium. And so if we have a 14,000 seat stadium, and we have a thousand graduating seniors at three different high schools, about a 400 student graduating class, a 300 student graduating class and a 250. Um, and we have three different graduations. Why can't we do that in the stadium, space everybody out, um, limit the number of tickets and go with that. And so um, I think we have about a third of half of the stadium being utilized um, by giving each graduate six tickets. And, um, and then we will put the, them on one side, the spectators on one side of the stadium. We're gonna march them in single file. Um, we're gonna exit them single file. We will seat them in rows and seat them um, no more than six. We're gonna give them six tickets. So we'll seat six at a time, leave a space of at least six feet, seat the next six. And we're just gonna usher them in, skip a row, um, just like we did at church Sunday and uh, um, skip a row and then keep going up and we can fill up um, just about just about half the stadium, which would be the capacity of that side of the stadium with our um, spectators for our biggest high school. And then on the other side of the stadium, um, underneath the bleachers, we'll line up all the seniors about six to eight feet apart, march, march them down the um, ramp onto the field. All their chairs are, are gonna be lined up uh, staggered and six feet one way and at least six and eight feet the other way. And so they will be um, spread out where we're planning to videotape all of the speeches ahead of time at our, um, in one of our studios, our career tech studios that we have. And so we'll do all of that. So that way we don't have to worry about um, sound issues or everybody sharing the same mic and stuff like that. Everybody entering the, the stadium will be required to wear masks. Um, we have hand sanitizing stations at each one of the tunnels entering the stadium. Um, we don't think we're going to have a handshake um, for graduation. We think we're going to have diplomas on a table and, um, and we'll call out the students and the students will come by, get their diplomas. Um, it'll all be live streamed on our YouTube channel. Um, we're going to have photographers taking the pictures. So um, all students entering the stadium and leaving the stadium will have to have um, masks. After we get them in their eight feet and six feet apart distances and lined up, they can then remove their mask when they march in and, um, and when they're sitting at their, um, at their seat. And when they stand up and whenever they march around to the side and go get their diplomas, they don't have to wear masks because they're not gonna come in contact with anybody. And they'll be able to keep that six feet social distance you know, area. And plus that just makes for a good picture. Um, we're ordering all the masks for the graduates. In other words, we have masks for each class. We have a, a black group, a red group, and a blue group. Um, in other words, that's their school colors. And so um, coordinating masks um, to, to go with that. So marching in and out, um, in a, um, leaving and entering the stadium, yes, but not during the, not during the ceremony. And if you saw the Air Force um, one, while they were um, getting ready for the ceremony, they were wearing masks. And when they got all lined up, um, they, they took them off because at that point they were all spread out and then um, they did not wear them until the end of the ceremony. At the end of the ceremony, as soon as they um, had the over, um, they, they put their masks um, back on and then they, they exited. So, um, yes, we, they will be wearing masks coming and going, but not during. Students will be dismissed the same way they came in in reverse order. In other words, so they'll exit the stadium, keeping their distance walk up the ramp around the back, and then they will, they will go through different stations. Um, they'll be assigned different stations where they go and actually pick up their diploma. 
because they all they get is a cover um, during graduation. They don't actually have their diploma in the diploma cover. Pick up their diploma, and then once they pick up their diploma, they'll exit the stadium, and uh, um, they'll have to walk around at least halfway around the stadium to get to where meet somebody if they rode with somebody. Otherwise, they can go out to their cars and leave. Um, that won't be an issue. Um, where fans on the other side, in other words, the spectators, um, they will be dismissed by rows um, in the same way, and they will go out the same entrances they come in um, in single file. They will go to their cars, and they'll be able to meet their graduates in the parking lot um, on both ends of the stadium, on the north and south end where they're seating on the east and west. Um, they'll be able to meet their graduates over there if they pick them up or rode with them. Um, but everyone will be dismissed. No one will be allowed to just um, get up and leave. So we think we can, we're a little more stringent than the uh, than the governor's orders, um, but we sent this by our attorneys. We sent that to our city and our county and the health officials here, and everybody seems to be on board with it. Uh, right now we're planning for June the 5th, uh, Friday night, and we will have the seniors are going to pick up a package beforehand with all the directions, how, how graduation is going to run. There'll be four tickets. Each senior gets to invite four people. On the tickets, we're going to put the, the health questionnaire that the governor mentioned yesterday. We're going to put that on the back of the ticket. And uh, we'll have five masks in the, in the package for them to pick up. And the masks have the Lytle Pirate logo on them. And it'll say Seniors 2020. And then um, the, the, the directions in the package are going to explain to them where they park. We have four entrances to the stadium, and so it will tell them what entrance they're to go to. It'll tell them what time they're to go to the stadium so that we don't have lines. And we are going to backfill the stadium. Uh, the stadium seating will be laid out in a diagram for them, showing them where they will sit. Uh, there'll be the, the students will be shown where they'll sit in the diagram. And as we start at the top rows of the stadium with the first people coming in, they will be spaced apart. Um, families together and then six foot apart, skipping rows. And any we've made concessions for any family that possibly doesn't uh, stay together, that the four tickets need to be separated out. We'll do that. Hand sanitizer stations at each of the entrances. So as they come in, we'll have a faculty member that is in charge of the hand sanitizing pump duties. And so we'll have them pumping hand sanitizer for everybody and uh, helping them find their place in the stadium. Hopefully we can keep people distance while they're coming in and filling the stadiums. We're going to ask them to bring their water bottles because it's going to be hot. We'll probably start later in the evening, more like a nine o'clock graduation. Uh, once we get everyone in the stands, the seniors are going to be lined up across the, around the track. We had to talk some about recording the speeches, uh, but that was one of the issues the seniors had. They really wanted to be able to give their speeches. So what we've decided to do is set up the podium on the stage and have someone change out the windsock off the microphone after every speaker. And then we're gonna also put a box up behind the podium to keep them from getting too close to the microphone. We'll have one person placing the diploma on an easel on the table. We're gonna have the table decorated with a really nice pretty backdrop so that the, the pictures will turn out nice. And um, the seniors, as they come by to, to get on the stage, that's where the faculty will be seated on each side of the stage so they can uh, we're talking about having um, fans, you know, that's because it's hot and we'll put on the fans notices, uh, you know, congratulations, good for you. And we can hold that up as they're walking by to get 
onto the stage. We've always traditionally had a senior parent song. And what happens during the parent song is the senior comes and gets a, a flower, the senior class flower, and they take it to their family. And it's usually a real emotional time. And um, we spend some time with the song doing that. Since we won't be able to do that this year, we're still going to have the flowers and place them at the beginning of the stage. The senior will pick it up. So in the pictures, the senior will be represented there with the family flower, their diploma, and um, their picture. And we're going to have them take their picture with the mask on, and then they can take the mask off and, and take the picture. They'll exit the stage and return to their seats. Um, then as whenever the ceremony's over with, we're going to have them lead out and go back the reverse way on the track so that everybody ends up in their spot. The seniors all end up on their spot. We'll have fireworks going off um, while that's happening, while they're going back to the recessionals taking place. Once everybody's back in place, uh, we're going to begin dismissing and we'll dismiss the front rows first. And as we call out the seniors name, have their family meet them at the at the gate that they came in on. So there'll be four gates so we can have four families being dismissed at one time. Our local health officials and county judge were, were just a little bit uh, concerned what the numbers might actually be in the latter part of June. Uh, that as our state starts to open up and people start mixing out a lot more, will you or will you not be able to have anything in June? So we started with wanting to have just a regular graduation ceremony um, as, you know, as wide open as you can imagine. And then we were going to tighten it up from there and say, okay, you know, sit with who brought you and, and social distance yourself. Um, and then it went to um, immediate family only. And then we were going to go to graduates only with nobody in the stands and, and stream that. Um, and we, we talked through that progression all the way through. And our local health officials said, you know, there's, there's no guarantee you're going to be able to do any of that. So we all got to thinking and, and we thought about, well, so what could we possibly do that was something a little more than virtual? Because these seniors have lost you know, 25% of their senior year and all of the last part of their activities. And um, of course, you're leading with safety and student safety and, and their families and those things. But um, at the same time, you want to try to have something for them to finish. So so we uh, we talked to our county judge who, who also has students in the, in the Louisville ISD uh, with our, our local health department, and we reached out to Texas Motor Speedway, and we, we said, you know, what we might want to do is something like this, and we, we had a conversation with them, and initially it was, um, sure, you guys can come in, the graduates can drive their cars around the track, we'll hand them the diploma, and they go on about their business, and so that was our mobile graduation plan, if you need to have that, we can still revert back to that if we need to. Um, but we really wanted to do something a little, a little, a little more than that. So, what we started working on with the Speedway was a, an actual graduation ceremony um, where our parents and our uh, attendees actually stay in their cars. So our graduates are, are going to be, you know, seated normally except for social distance apart, you know, six to eight feet between each chair, those kinds of things, um, outside on the track. Um, and then our attendees are actually going to drive in and watch our graduation ceremony on Big Hoss on the, at the Texas Motor Speedway. I mean, this facility is massive. I mean, there are you know, five AT&T stadiums where the Cowboys play would fit on the infield of Texas Motor Speedway. So it is, it's massive on the infield. Again. So our graduation exercises are, are really going to be over towards the garages, pit road, and actually on the track. Um, our graduates will be on the track 
and we will um, when we process in, we will process down both sides of the finish line, right? So they'll come in, you know, two by two, four by four, however we work that out. Um, and our parents are actually coming into the speedway as well and going into the infield, and they're going to be in their cars um, listening to the ceremony on um, um, a frequent an internal frequency station and watching it on on the jumbo screen there at the Texas Motor Speedway. Our ceremony is falling under the 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 mobile drive-in ceremony type type ceremony, and uh, so our our kids are. Uh, we're going to have our regular graduation ceremony. Almost everything will be video with the exception of a couple of pieces. Um, probably the, the principal talking to the graduates and when we certify the graduates as meeting qualifications, um, those will probably be live mic, but vow speeches and, and salutatorian speeches and um, president speeches, president of the class speeches, those kinds of things will be on video. Um, but we're really excited that our graduates are actually going to get their diploma on the finish line um, at the Texas Motor Speedway. So it's pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, symbolism there as we as we work through it. So when we announced the top ten and who the valedictorian and salutatorian were, that's uh, we we did that remotely, and then we we made yard signs for each of them, and then we had a parade of administrators and teachers and coaches that went to each house and delivered the yard sign and let them know what their their rank is in the class. Um, we showed, made a video of, of each one of the, the drop-offs and got some um, footage of the student, asked them to, to give a message to their classmate. And so that was a that was a fun thing to do. Put the video together and put it out on our on our website. Uh, we're also making yard signs for all the class. Our our PR department has a printing department also. And so they're putting together some really cool yard signs and we're going to have those on campus first for a while. And then we'll let the seniors take them home, put them in their yards. Our end of the year banquets that we normally have, um, athletics, theater, FFA, band, they're putting together videos of their seniors to honor them. And we'll put those out periodically through the website. You know, any kind of our, any kind of our recognition and our senior assemblies and scholarship presentations, those things, we're doing those virtually and continuing to recognize our kids and celebrate them. Um, in addition to that, one of the things that we're doing this year that's a, a little interesting also is since we are going to try to have and we knew we wanted to have a, an in-person graduation is all of our graduates have, uh, have masks that they're going to be wearing that match their, their cap and gown. They have our school logo on one side of the class of 2020 on the others. So we created kind of a little memento for them for the, for the year that they're going through. Um, and since we're doing our, um, our valedictorian, salutatorian, and, and president of the class speeches um, on video at graduation, um, we're probably going to do some of that Zoom-like since they finished, they finished their year on Zoom or uh, some other platform. We thought it might be fitting to have, have them kind of come in and come out on the video via a Zoom call um, as part of graduation as well. So there are some traditions we're holding on to. Uh, but there are also some some things that we're trying to do to make it unique for them. And, and really, we've talked about um, full throttle to the finish line has kind of been the way we've gone this last nine weeks to kind of help our seniors um, stay focused, stay engaged, get their credits, take care of their college coursework, and, and really celebrate with them um, at the end of May. The thing is we're trying to figure out how we're going to virtually um, bring in the band and the choir um, because those have always been a big deal especially for seniors. That's the last time they, they sing in the choir. 
um, because they they are part of the, the choir performance. The band is not. The band is underclassmen. Um, but they've always, all of our bands have always played at graduation. And um, and so um, we're trying to figure out how we do that. And then we have um, one of our high schools, Hershey is an IB high school. And so they have, uh, um, they get hooded. In other words, they get a, you know, a hood put over them when they graduate. And so we're going to um, see about how we're going to do that. We really don't think we can do it well, um, but they might just be wearing those the whole time. Um, and then we have a, um, a, I guess a, a stage normally where the top 10 graduates of each class sit with the board members and, and myself and the principal. And, um, and we're going to try to figure out how we can do that um, and spread everybody out and still, still make that a, a, a thing because those top 10, they look forward to that. And, um, and that's a big deal too, I think. Today's final guest is co-author of The New Team Habits, A Guide to the New School Rules, along with Anthony Kim and Kawhi Lei. The book is published by Corin and is available now. Kiara Mascareñas is an author, thought leader, and a professional learning facilitator. Her work helping leaders establish strong team dynamics has particular resonance as we rethink the way teams function in a virtual format. I spoke to her via WebEx from her home in Denver, Colorado. Thank you so much for being with us on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Eric. So um, you co-authored a book with Anthony Kim, the, um, and it was building off of his new school rules, and this is the new team habits, right? And so um, what types of guidance do teams need from their leaders during a, a time like the one we're facing now? Yeah, you know what's so interesting, Eric, is when Anthony Coy and I were writing the book, we were obviously years away from where we are right now. We weren't thinking about any kind of crisis moment globally or nationally, but we were dealing with a lot of districts and leaders in schools and districts who felt in crisis. And it wasn't always as acute, right, um, as, as the pandemic right now, but there were many leaders who felt like they were dealing with um, unsurmountable circumstances in terms of funding, teacher retention, student achievement, community needs. And so a lot of the habits and practices we developed for the book were actually specifically meant to help people move out of these moments of overwhelm. You know, the, the, the three habits from the book are around um, learning, how you create psychological safety, meetings, how you create belonging and inclusivity in a team, and projects, how you create clarity around goals. And I feel like so much of the literature that's coming out right now is about the importance of clarity of purpose and also the importance of empowering those who are on the front lines to make decisions as the information we have, right? And the challenges we have to solve change on an hourly, daily, weekly basis. Um, there's actually a great article that came out, I think last week, a few days ago from um, McKinsey where they interviewed three leaders who had led through previous pandemics or economic crises. And the key takeaway from that article that I, that I read was really that leaders have a job to provide a clear vision and they have a responsibility to react against the instinct that many of us have, which is to centralize control and pull everything in. Um, and that's exactly what the book is about, is like, how do you empower teams to be responsive and to lead this work? And it feels almost antithetical to what you want to do in a crisis, right? Which is like grab everything and tighten control. 
And really it's about getting even clearer on the purpose and goals and releasing that control to those who are closest to the challenge. So the teacher who's actually leading the Zoom class, right? Not the central office staff trying to guess what they're going to need to instruct students virtually or the you know, drop site that's actually delivering meals to families, right? Not someone in an office imagining what that might be like. And so um, I think the new team habits really support folks to create the trust and clarity of purpose needed and balance that with those clear roles and empowerment strategies for a moment like this. Relationships are so important to the leadership. And we've mentioned before that um, we're lucky that maybe that the pandemic it when it did because we could rely on those previous relationships that we've built with our students. But um, what advice do you have for a team leader who may be newer to their team? And then not only are they thrown into a pandemic, but they're thrown into a new way of working where people are working from home. For any team, and this is again why we, we began with the habit of building psychological safety and talking about mistakes, relationships, whether they're in a team or any other, um, orientation are ultimately human, right? Human relationships, interactions between people. And I think it's very easy when you're remote to forget that human piece, even if you see people's kids or dogs running in the background to feel like when we're on the screen together, we need to get right to work. And it's actually even more critical that you take time to do some of the practices that we've been practicing with teams in person, which is like creating that space to check in, to have people actually be present, right? And create a space where everyone can bring how they're really feeling in that moment. So we've been, as we're leading meetings with our internal team at Ed Elements and with our school and district partners, we're always creating check-in questions where people can say what they're bringing to the meeting that day and trying to adapt then the amount of content we cover the amount of time we're meeting to really address that like sometimes it's, it's a, a global pandemic right people might be exhausted by a 4 p.m meeting and maybe that's not the best time to have a, a strategic conversation right about community engagement um, or maybe people are feeling you know really sad and we need to bring some joy and, and laughter into meetings and so i think creating that trust and really honing in on the human element of teams and relationships is even more critical you know, I, I was able to do an a, a in-person event with you back last October, you know, before the world ended. And whenever we were all <laughs> together, e even though it was a beautiful day, I mean, you had the exact same thing where we, we were all in a circle and it was, what is on your mind right now? Like, what is the thing that's keeping you maybe from being present? And, and everyone shared something, uh, you know, borderline personal about that. And so you're, you're talking about using this strategy to meet as well. Or just, hey, real quick check in one to five. Where are you? Um, so what are some other ways that online um, differs from kind of this in person? Yeah, I think one of the things we've heard from a lot of leaders is just the, the quantity of screen time that they're having is so much greater now. And I think there's an exhaustion that is very different than what you were just describing, Eric, which is like being in a room with people still can be tiring by the end of the day, especially for those who are, you know, more introverted. But I, I think there is like a greater drain on, on folks when they're, they're on demand on screen all the time. And again, for many of our school and district leaders, they're going from Zoom call to Zoom call to Zoom call, whether it's with parents or staff or students. Um, so one of the things we're recommending is just building in breaks to your day. And again, this seems like such a simple practice, but to go back to that metaphor of filling your cup, is there a Zoom call you can transfer to a phone call where you can actually walk outside 
whether that's your backyard or standing in your front door. Obviously, we're still encouraging social distancing, but um, really thinking about like, how can you build in those breaks for yourself and then also model it for others on your team. So that's one thing we're encouraging or just taking, taking those breaks. Um, we've also um, helped districts and schools to have just some fun strategies. So playing music when the Zoom meeting starts. So people actually come into the meeting and there's a vibe and there's an energy, right? But there's a great list of virtual energizers we've been using um, to try to build again, some of that like momentum and energy to carry folks forward as the ebb and flow of the day goes. One of my favorites is um, touch blue. So you literally just call out the name of shape or color of something and people have to run around their house and touch something. And again, that seems so silly and like how is that going to help with student achievement? But the same things we're modeling for adults, we're seeing them use with their students. And honestly, like students are voting with their, their bodies these days, right? They're not coming to class if they're not interested. And so I think that same uh, level of joy and attention to energy that we're that I'm describing for adults is really also helping teachers as they're thinking about creating virtual learning experiences for students. The book is The New Team Habits. And uh... Here at Mascarenas, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thanks so much for having me. That was Kiara Mascarenas, courtesy of Education Elements. Find her book, The New Team Habits, A Guide to the New School Rules, and more resources for leading your team at www.newteamhabits.com. Ed Elements has been offering content for education leaders throughout the pandemic. Check out their website for a complete list of their offerings at www.edelements.com. We thank all of you for tuning in to the TASA Inspiring Leaders podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, RTI International and Ed Elements, who support me this episode possible. Special thanks to Mike Kurt, Michelle Smith, Jamie Wilson, and Kiera Mascarenas. And until next time, from all of us at TASA World Headquarters, stay safe and healthy. <laughs>